0: The thing is, is that I think it's a Harry Potter, like adjacent, it's definitely not Harry Potter adjacent podcast, but like, that was such an influential book for everyone growing up. We grew up with those characters, like very, like, that will never happen again, like in the way it happened, you know, in the late 90s, like early 2000s.
1: And then do you remember the moment when Lance kind of lifted the veil on the whole Um, That was a watershed
0: moment. (laughs)
2: I'm still, I'm still like...
1: I can remember the date.
2: I think Harry Potter was overrated.
1: Hello, and thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Writers Group Book Club. We are a group of authors actively honing our craft while encouraging each other and our audience to just keep writing. We each have a project on the go, so we take turns reading each other's newest draft and discussing them here. My name is Pat. I'm Jess. And I'm Lance. If you would like to read along, you can find some of our latest work posted on patreon.com slash wgbcpodcast. As always, if you take the time to post your feedback on our subreddit, r slash podcast, we will take the time to read it and may even feature some of it in our show, which will begin after this sponsored message.
2: Polar Coffee Roasters is a boutique small batch roaster based in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Polar takes their rotating supply of ethically sourced single-origin beans and roasts them one batch at a time to order. I've seen Kevin roast these things and the precision and attention to detail is honestly a little over the top. Kevin is so confident in his product that he offers a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more about Polar Coffee over at polarcoffeeroasters.ca. That's P-O-L-A-R coffee roasters.ca for a pr- fresh, customized, roasted, to order bag of coffee.
1: All right. Uh, so this week we're talking about my story, Milkweed Monarchy. Um, I used a technique in it that I, I thought was interesting and I, I wanted to talk about. Uh, and it's writing your uh, reader into the story or giving them a role in your story. Um, so some like classic methods of doing that is kind of making your story a story within a story, which is the one I chose to do. Uh, and examples of that would be um, sort of Princess Diaries or uh, I don't know if you guys have watched Benjamin Button. Oh, I'm going to use movie references because they're just a bit more 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 audience for them. More likely that, that, that you've watched it. Um, Princess Bride, we're hearing the story from the perspective of a kid who's... Um, having the story read to him from his grandfather and what this does to us is if we're reading the book or if we're watching the movie on the couch it takes us off the couch and and puts us in that bed and, and we get that perspective of the kid you know the scary parts are scary and the love parts are you know cringy and then we get to love the love parts and we want the scary parts because we want to know what's going to happen and that's the perspective that the director wants us to be in when we're watching that movie um for Benjamin Button, they take it one step fur- further, uh, and we're brought into a hospital room with uh, a mother on her dying bed, um, and we're hearing the story from the mother as the daughter, uh, and and there's some sense of urgency um, as the mother's nearing the end of her life, and we want to hear the end of the story. And actually, at first, we just want to talk to the mother. We don't care about the story. And then later on, there's a mystery introduced. And now we have a, another different sense of urgency as we're trying to solve the mystery from the perspective of the daughter as the mother is on her last breaths. And uh, we're trying as the watcher to help the mother solve the mystery. So that that's kind of the perspective that, again, the director wants us to be in. And it's the role that we're we're put into instead of being on our couch. Um, I think there's there's another technique that's, that's maybe more effective, um, and uh, and that that's I think the best example is in Harry Potter. Um, I think it's one of the reasons why it captured kind of the imagination of a generation. Is uh, we start out in suburbia, it's a really accessible, um, you know, ev- anyone has been there. It's just our regular world, and then things start changing and things start getting absurd. And if only we were to get that letter. From Hogwarts, it's con- totally conceivable that you know the wizarding world is real and we'd be part of it. Um, and I think it's more powerful because we're still you know in bed reading or on the couch or whatever, but uh, we're in our couch or in our bed in a world that has wizards in it and and witches and dragons and and all those things. So um, I don't think that this is necessarily a tool that you always need to use. Um, I use the story within a story in my what's essentially a prologue as more of a segue, but uh, I probably won't carry it forward. But I think it's just an interesting kind of concept um, and, and worth discussing here. So uh, have you guys ever used that? Uh, your thought of it? Has it occurred to you before?
0: Actually, in one of my books. So like, I have not used that specifically, but um, what your Also talking about our framing devices that can be used to help the reader along. Um, So in one of my romance books, the framing device at the beginning of some of the chapters, but not all of them, is like a rundown of like a society scandal sheet, kind of like what they have in Bridgerton about the characters like using anagrams and basically Telling part of the story as like the public would have seen it and then giving you what the real story actually was. So it kind of tease up what's going to happen in that particular chapter or scene, but in kind of a fun way with like some clues and then you're figuring out, oh, this is what they thought happened, but this is how it actually happened. Um, So it's a good framing device. Like even when you want to introduce new characters and stuff like that, you can kind of do it in a very quick way without giving them like all of the necessary background. And it's fun to tease your readers in that way.
2: I, uh, I don't think I use my my books. Don't really use any of those techniques. I think the closest is that in the book I'm writing at one point, one character is uh, we've heard a lot about his past kind of uh, uh, sprinkled in, but we don't know exactly what happened. And then it turns out that there's an element of that, that's going to be really relevant in book two. And he's going to say, he's going to like have a sinking, he's going to hear about what they're, they're going to start telling him like what's happening. And he's going to be like, Oh, no, wait a minute, this keys in with something that happened 20 years ago. Let me tell you about it. And then, the interlude after that comes right away is going to be his how he it was going to be him in the past but even there it's not him telling the story it's kind of like i'm flashing back to a past that is like it's perfect it's not like it's not like it's from a perfect narrator it's not it's not him retelling the story although i actually
1: have an example from your first book and i assume that you're going to use this device as well in your second um you've got like your in-world maps and your like, torn textbook pages that, that you've yes. created and drawn that That's true, makes yeah. the like the reader, like, this is an artifact from that world that I'm part of and what and takes you out of your couch.
2: You're absolutely right. Yeah, no, I definitely mm-hmm. – I really like the in-world artifacts and, and maps and in-world mm-hmm. documents and stuff, and I definitely uh, use those a lot. So you're absolutely right, yeah.
0: I struggle sometimes with flashbacks. Like, I think they have to be done sparingly and well um just because like my thought is if it's such an important part of the story why don't you just tell that story instead of flashing back to it um right but i think an interesting example of like a book that did not need to use flashbacks but refers a lot to the past is the third harry potter book and the prisoner of azkaban where they never do a flashback and yet You learn so much about the Marauders and who they were, and Harry's dad, and you really get a sense of who those characters are. Um, And that's only through word of mouth. What happened?
1: You never get a flashback to them going through the Weeping Willow and whatnot.
0: No. um, No. Yeah, you're
2: right. You do in later books.
0: So, I think it's it's a good. framing device and an example of where i really do enjoy a flashback is in um patrick rothfuss's king killer chronicles where the whole book is basically one big flashback and he's telling the story kind of like thousand and one nights to a person who's writing down his story so when i first picked up picked up that book i was like oh no no i can't do it i can't do it i can't have it just be one big long flashback but um the real story Is what's happened in the past and then coming out of it so often actually gives you a bit of a break because it's such an epic narrative like it's nice to have those moments of calm from time to time um yeah so i yeah i i don't know i'm torn about them but if they're done well i appreciate them
1: one of the first things i tried to write i wrote out a whole whatever a whole bunch of it and then i then looked up some did some research on how to write and like, that was like the first thing they said. Don't start your book with a flashback. Start your book where it gets interesting. And I completely started with a flashback. I broke every single rule <laughs> that they had. And I'm like, well, this is, I guess, just trash. And I need to rethink how I'm going to tell the story.
0: You know, it's not always trash. This is the hard thing about writing. And one of my writing teachers... Told me that you have to learn the rules so you can break them, and if you break them in a new and interesting way, then everyone f- will forgive you for them. But if you're l- using those tropes as crutches, it can it can I don't know slow your book down, slow the momentum down, take the reader out of the story. So yeah, you're not you're you're an old hand at this now, Pat. This is your second book. Oh, okay, so. hand, yeah. <laughs>
1: But I wouldn't say that this one is a flashback, right? No, like yours a prologue. is a a flashback. I don't think so. Prologues and flashbacks me. are different.
2: Oh, uh, I love flashback prologues. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think. Well, um, I yeah, this this is a this is an interesting kind of talk you've started us off with, Pat. Because I wasn't. I don't really about, know so that
1: much about it, so maybe I shouldn't have started. No, this, this is That's great. Literally all I know, and like. I've also
2: heard that you shouldn't do like a flashback prologue, that it's like a trope now and everyone does it. And I'm like, I don't care. I love it. And I have that in all my books.
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, is that you need to, you need to like stay true to who you are and your writing style. And I think like if it's done well, it's fine. Like, like with anything that's written, yeah. right? If it's done well and in an interesting way, you're always going to be fine. Um-
1: my next part is 100% just dialogue and nothing happens and there's all caterpillars. Um and we're leaving behind everything that we just learned in this chapter. So I think I needed this to make to to let you know why butterflies are interesting.
2: I love what what you have. Well we'll get to the comments later. But I think you should keep I love the way it is. I think it's awesome. And I talk about the butterfly thing. So I'm really excited. I gotta point out before we start the recording again, Jess, when you were I never
1: stopped it just by the way.
2: Oh, okay, well, when we get, back to- <laughs> I'll, I'll cut it <laughs> that you said that. Keep it, keep this
0: in. It'll be so interesting for people, you know. Well, <laughs> in a little the, back in that background, case, a little background. Yeah,
2: um, when you were like, oh, in Kingkiller Chronicles, blah like, blah. Yeah, well, Roth is pretty good at writing, so I'm not gonna try to do what he does. Rothfuss is such a good, good
0: writer. <laughs> no, I know Rothfuss is such a good writer that he didn't even notice that nothing happened for the first hundred pages. You know, I was like, oh, wow, there's actually no action and anything happening. And I'm still reading like this is crazy. Whereas like in Game of Thrones, like who doesn't remember the first time you read like the first part of Game of Thrones? Prologue,
2: White Walkers and then no magic for 600 pages.
0: Yes. Or like they're walking in that cold wood anyway. It's fantastic. And that happens like in real time. Anyway, see, like this is just proving our point that like if you do something well, no one's going to care.
1: This maybe is a topic for a totally different episode, but there's also a rule where you have to like, you can't just introduce magic halfway in, right? So he needs to show that there's magic. Otherwise, The amount of pages in is inversely proportional to our amount of disbelief. It's like if something crazy happens in the (laughs) first page, you're like, sure, yeah, of course. But then if it happens in the last page, you're like, what the hell, where'd that come from? so you need that at the start for sure that's
2: why i needed the prologue for my book i'd be like look there's gonna be huge explosions okay you just gotta give me a minute but anyway okay
0: Uh, lance did you want to go first
1: this week we'll be talking about my book called milkweed monarchy the first part is essentially a prologue where we meet someone named ada harris who has apprehended the king uh in the jungle near the wintering forest which if you know anything about monarch butterflies is where they overwinter in mexico um, there's a few different kind of, uh, kingdoms or, or countries that are identified. Uh, we have the Alcantonians, who for all intents and purposes are the Americans. We have the Winchwicks, which are the Brits. Uh, the Occantonians are a rebel force rebelling against the Winchwicks and, uh, and taking their king. Um, who then later goes on trial and is uh, executed. The other countries we hear about are the Calatransians, who are Spaniards, and the church, which uh, is the Vatican. Uh, The Vatican has allied with the Spaniards or Calatransians to make their queen named the most holy queen of Calatransia. The Alcantonians have won the migration. They get there first. To find that the wintering forest, which is the uh, basically the physical about, uh, Vatican where the church should be, they've gone to meet with the Caltransians when the King of Winchwick stopped paying taxes back to feed them when the milkweed season ended there in Mexico. At a sees uh, this alliance and this conflict and decides to try to pit those two sides against each other. Her prize for winning the migration is to slice up the world however she chooses, and she basically uh, takes the church out of the Wintering Forests, sends them on exile to Calatransia, where the Caltransians have to look after them, and then gives the Wintering Forest to the new king after she's executed, the old king of Winchwick, and takes the rest of the the Winchwick kingdom for herself and the Alcantonians. She creates a provisional government of which she becomes the head to sort of justify her uh, authority to to do any of this. Um, While this story is going on, we're being actually told it from a different perspective. So we see it from a few generations later in a pasture of milkweed, where Princess Mariposa is getting this from her Tia Anna Maria. Uh, Princess Mariposa has two sisters who are caterpillars, same as her, and that they are very good at eating, where she is not eating as much and trying to listen to the story. Tia Anna Maria is missing some details on the story. Uh, it's clear that that this is, you know, distant past. And um, when Princess Mariposa asks if, they're sending taxes back now to the Winchwicks. Um, when Maria Posa asks if they're sending taxes back now to the Winchwicks to keep them alive in the Wintering Forest, Tia Anna Maria says no, um, because they're a wicked empire. And then when Maria Posa asks, Well, what will happen when we go back to the Wintering Forest? Will my father be hung? And Anna Maria says, It's been so long since the winter. That, uh, it's nothing to worry about. Uh, that's pretty much where we leave the story after part one.
2: So, uh, I read your, I read what you sent us today and I thought it was awesome. So I have a ton of notes and we're going to go, I'm just going to go through them. And if you guys, if you have either of you have any comments at any point, just, uh, jump in and let me know. I'm just moving my computer stuff around so I can read my notes. Um, okay. So chapter one, I thought this was awesome setup and action right away on one page. Um, there's only one named character and I love that there's no overload. We refer to a King. We refer to a bunch of people and stuff, but we only use one name. So I'm like, I know who to zero in on, right. I know what's imp- what, cause you can only learn so many names on the first page. Right um we have also naming
1: people is hard it is hard it's true yeah easier to not name (laughs) Uh, them
2: yeah uh we know there is a greedy hungry king there's and the king has soldiers who enforce his will and his gluttony and we know there's competent rebels right away we know that right off the bat so a really good setup and it's setting us up it's setting the tone for what the story is going to be and we've talked a bit about what the story is going to be um informally, so I and I think this really sets up exactly what you're going for in the story. Chapter two. Have you seen okay, weird question. Have you seen the Ceausescu trial? No. It's from like 30, 40 years ago or something? Okay, Ceausescu was a dictator of Romania. You like literally like verbatim did the Ceausescu trial. He where like, he was like, whose authority do you dare like like try me on and then well, they execute uh, him
1: it's the english revolution too that uh, the uh yeah glorious whatever. revolution or the uh yeah, yeah. civil war yeah well
2: the chavescu trial is on youtube and it's not mm, that long okay. because it's like uh, well anyways I, I it's really similar to to so what I'll you take wrote. A look to what you wrote, yeah um the king's power is tenuous um and I, so it was really cool. You kind of showed what the stakes are like a little bit, like the King's power, even someone as powerful as a King will die if he's at the back of the queue. And that was really, and that was like right away. I was like, oh, okay. I don't really know what the queue is. Cause I don't know a ton about butterflies, but that was, but, uh, it raised this, it showed me the stakes. Um, again, I noticed like you, you took a while to name drop Oak so that was really good. It really like the name drops are really a perfect spacing, I thought. Like I really they were they were put in at the right time. So I got the place names and the and the names of the people that were relevant at the right time. It's really action-packed. I like that. Um, it's also it's pretty clear that the timescale for the butterfly characters is pretty slower than human timescale. So like for them, like a year is an unfathomably long amount of time. I already knew that, but I think that's pretty clear. Like you talk about how like a months are a really long time, and that's pretty interesting. Uh, I I got a tiny bit confused a few times, but not not super confused. So like I, I was sometimes I was like, wait a minute, like she's attacking the church's army and they were already dying, so then she shows mercy to those who are dying, and that's okay though. I'm good. So when I, when I thought about it, I was like, this is actually like, isn't impo- it's kind of impossible to be not boring and not confusing right away on page one. You know, that's kind of how I see it. Like you can't just drop us. If you're going to drop us into the action, you're going to like, we're going to have to, the reader's going to have to trust the author a little bit that they're going to explain it as you go. And then even within a few pages now, I feel like I'm a hundred percent on the right page with you.
1: Do you think I should so, get Tia and Maria to explain that? No, I think you're good. Okay. I think it's I think it's
2: fine. You could, um. You could because Tia Anna Maria only shows up like a f- th- chapter like three or four or something. You could, but I, I think you're fine the way it is. Um, maybe if Jess was confused, then you'd have you'd be two for two. I wasn't super confused. I was pretty. I was I definitely like. What?
0: I was a little bit confused, but we can, we can talk about that when, okay. when we get to me, cause I've maybe some suggestions and, and we can just okay. talk more frankly about yeah. all that stuff. Yeah.
2: The, the kind of books that I find myself reading, like usually like the first 20 pages, I'm like, I'm going to be confused. Like there's going to be magic I don't true. recognize or stuff I don't recognize. And that's just how I, and that, and I'm just, you kind of trust that the author is doing this. And that's like, like, cause you want it to be like, you want to really grab me with the action which you've definitely done you can't explain everything and also be action-packed right you kind of just got to trust that indiana jones's prologue is going to make sense it's not just some
1: dude running through a a gauntlet for no reason you know what i mean like well i was uh, trying to explain it with um the like villager woman in the in the lineup uh talking to Ada. so maybe i can just throw in a line and and tie a knot so that's man. good
2: i i mean again i i just loved what you wrote um i i'm i'm i really liked what you wrote so i so i'm pretty and i think and i really like what you wrote here so i'm not, i don't think you have to i think okay. if you want to like i think that's something maybe like once you are done the book because right now it's pretty good as is i think um so yeah then chapter four like things are moving quicker it looks like ada's conquered Um, and I'm in the thick of the action and, oh yeah, and this is where I wrote exactly what I was thinking, which is like, I'm really willing to accept a little bit of confusion in extend in exchange for a riveting start to the story. That's what I, that's what I wrote. Yeah. Um, and I know you, you said earlier, like you said that you felt a little silly writing war and politics and intrigue for butterflies, but I'm totally bought in on like page two. Uh, it's a, it's like a fully serious story and at no point did I think it was silly that They were butterflies, definitely really well executed. Uh, And that's, uh, I think that that was really good. And then now I feel like it seems like, because now we know that um, Tia is telling the story. It seems like Ada in the past has won some huge ancestral conflict and now gets to redraw the world map. And she's trying to future proof it against further conflicts. I think this is what you were going for. So so I really think that was really sold. I really get that. Um and so uh so um it's pretty clear, I think, that we're setting up the world that the story will take place in. And uh that was really good. I think that Ada was really competent and she is really proactive, and I really like that. I think we really like characters like that. Um so even if she does good or bad, even if she does even if she ends up like being a bad person or whatever, like since she's competent and proactive, like she's kind of interesting to read about. Uh, I thought the political scheming was really good. Um like it was believable. It was in you can kind of tell that that you drew from real-world real inspiration and conflicts for it because it sounds like real-world conflicts. So I really like that. Um And then, yeah, and then you set up the the picture for the present, which is that dad doesn't send taxes and the daughters are going to get, and one of the daughters will get set up to rule and that they'll probably have to compete with each other to become, to, to be, to become queen. So I'm already, I feel like just in this first part, I'm already getting set up for the plot of the, the book. And we also definitely can tell that there's a climate situation going on. People don't believe that winter or well uh, that the seasons will change because they're butterflies and they live like a month. And so I really, uh, I really am excited and I think it's very accurately set up based on what we've talked about. Um, so I think very, very well executed. And awesome. That's
1: well, thank you. Do you, do you know what the, did I explain how the Queens picked? I can't remember. I know that she's got it eat a lot
2: as a caterpillar
1: okay that's probably so, all um, you need right now okay it's the answer is that um she'll be the first one to make her chrysalis because she gets big and then the firstborn again like the birth of the butterfly is the important birth
2: gotcha i don't think that um i explicitly knew that but you It'll could just say very, that in chapter yeah. two and it'd be believable because we know that as she's long got, as you she, know, we know she's, she's supposed to, eat. to be eating yeah. Tia does just constantly like, well, that's great, but if you don't eat, then it's not going to happen. And she's just constantly being like, hey, don't forget to eat. Like you got to eat. And so. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Um, so Pat, wh- what audience is this intended for? Uh,
1: so I still think I've changed from my pitch. Um, it's not going to be four books okay. anymore. It's just going to be one, but I think it okay. is still like, um, like young adult.
0: young adult um so like if you had like and do you have any like idea of like comparison titles or like something that this is similar to um like that you're kind of like bouncing off of or like like referring to Um, uh
1: i guess i really like like the Redwall series when i was a kid
0: right right so um i also just want to say that reading through this it reminded me A little bit of Watership Down. I don't know if you've read that book. Yes. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I would really encourage you. You can get it online for free. So I would encourage you to go back and read because it's similar to yours. It's brutal, but it's still age appropriate for like 10 to 15 year olds. Um And so that's a book by Richard Adams. It's a story of the the rabbits that are looking for their new den. There's a book as well. um, I don't know if you've heard of it called Firebringer um, by David Clement Davies, um, which kind of explores like magic animals, young adult in that same vein. And the reason I'm just suggesting that is because I think some of your terminology that you use um, and language probably wouldn't be super appropriate for I'm just thinking like in in that first chapter though it's very interesting um just softening some of the language a little bit um would make it more appropriate for that age group um for example like saboteur like I'm not sure Uh yeah yeah but it's okay listen like and what I'm saying like what and I really like the book and I really am interested in the concept and everything and I'm I was reading your like first section and I was kind of laughing to myself and I was like, here we go. Because like, I'm also encountering, um, similar difficulties within mine where, you know, um, Lance is in a different position because he's writing a sequel. So he has his characters figured out. He has the tone figured out. Whereas you and I like writing our first section, like we are going to be figuring out what that tone actually is and the writing style. And you're doing a very hard pivot from your previous book, which was an adult science fiction to young adult um, animal fantasy, which does require um, a softening of tone and, um, just a different way of writing. So you've set yourself up for a challenge which I absolutely think you can meet. But I think softening some of that language like in your second read through would help you out. You know um, what I hadn't
1: I wasn't really writing it even with that in mind. so that that's good to remember. That no I need to aim for that tone but no, I honestly I hadn't remembered what my target audience was while I was writing that first part so no and
0: you know what like again like this is a first draft right so everything mm-hmm. you go back and read can be softened but the reason why I mentioned comp titles and anytime like and and for our listeners like whenever you pitch a story you have to pitch your story with the comp titles so like you've already mentioned princess bride so like that is of a movie with a extremely specific tone that it really hits the nail on the head. So if you're looking to do some research this week or inspiration, like whenever you're writing to, to fit the tone, you really need to surround yourself with similar things. So I mean, like I'm, I'm keen actually to watch the Watership down movie again. That was from 1978. It's an animated version. Like definitely throw that on because like, I don't think
1: there's a newer one.
0: Oh, that, it, is, it looks creepy like the BBC yeah, version? The
1: computer animation is strange, but it's still good. It's okay. I think It's not even a full length movie, honestly. Did I, you I watch it? Short. I watched it a couple years ago.
0: Okay, um, yeah, I, I I just find that like really important for me when I'm like going through my process, and so I don't think like you are wrong for including the brutality of of war and you know um the corruption of leaders and all of those themes. I think. When we talk about young adult, like people that are just starting out in life and reading this um, genre, it's very important for them to learn about, you know, kind of the quote unquote evils of the world. And when I took um, a children's lit class in university, this was a big discussion. Like, how do we instruct children about evil and young adult literature? Like you'll notice um throughout history has contained very dark themes. So I think you are on brand with the theme. I would just probably check your tone a little bit, like as, as you are going through. I'm very interested in the idea of butterflies and how they're organized because they travel together and they migrate together and that's something everyone knows. So I think like politics actually marries this type of story very well in terms of how butterflies would kind of organize themselves to do that migration. So I think that's like a very interesting thing. I also am very interested in the way you are playing with time throughout this because like um, Lance said, time passes extremely differently for butterflies as it does for humans. So I think how you're explaining that was very interesting. Um,
1: Do you think I said... Sorry, do you think I said the word "generation" way too too many times?
0: I didn't. I didn't pick that up. Never
1: did not pick up on it.
0: Yeah, Um, I think some of the stuff here you can show more instead of tell. Um, For instance, there's a section I forget where it is. I'm just pulling it up here. And, and this is again, like just about like the style and tone. So as you write it more, you will be able to like figure out what the balance of these things are. But, um, there's one paragraph where you go on about the church, the parliament, like there's just a lot condensed in one section. And so I think taking your time to explain those things, like, because you are going to have a long time to get through all of the politics and, and how their society is organized throughout the entire course of the book. Um, and, like, you know, balancing these two things, like I understand, is going to be challenging. Um, and you don't want to – like, you're trying to not overload the reader while giving them enough information to move forward. Um, but just if you read back and just say, okay, what is essential for the reader to know right now in this moment? It will help you kind of thin out those sections as well. Um Another another thing I want you to maybe do more of is actually spend more time in the world. Um, So one of the sections um, I really liked was when you're describing how um, Ada is feeling like the temperature changes as she gets up and, you know, how that is kind of. Cluing her into how time is passing, and so I really craved more of that. Um, understanding what the world looks like, like what the color of their wings are, how how like what are they like? Are they like little fairies? Or are they actually like, you know, butterflies with antennae? And and how does that help them interact with the world where you know we see with our two eyes? Like how how do they kind of? interact with the world differently. And I we got a little bit of that as well with Princess Maria Posa, who, you know, is a cat- in her caterpillar state. So I found that very interesting as well. Um, reading about how she was was viewing the world um, through her lens and how that will be different for her once she becomes a butterfly, I think. So you have like great ideas here. I think taking your time more to... Explain um, things and and take your time in the world and really build that world will just add to that as we move forward with the story. Another very interesting thing that you showed and did not tell was um, the differences between where Ada was starting from and where Maria Posa is now, and maybe she's going to have to make her way back or make a similar journey to what her ancestor did, and why this story is so important. Um, and it's clear to me that Maria Poza is Spanish because they're speaking Spanish to each other. It's a different language. Um, and I think you've done a clever thing as well. Mariposa is butterfly in Spanish. Um, so you're giving a lot of clues as to where they are right now, which as a reader, I feel quite intelligent and smart. And it's like that fun little aha moment that I'm picking up those things. Um, so it, again, just just makes me more excited for what's to come um but yeah here let me just see i have my nice little tattooing Mm. notebook the one good thing about disney adults was that we got cute things um i'm
1: I'm glad you picked out the language thing uh i've even structured the conflicts that are kind of the political conflicts around what countries that or what language they're speaking so okay i've I've tried to name their places to sound like where they're supposed to be so like the Winchwicks is britain the Occantonians, yes. that's supposed to sound kind of like Native Americans. So they're the Americans and okay. then uh, the Spanish and then the the Vatican.
0: Yes. I was definitely picking up what you were throwing down. And I mean, um, like in that book, like I suggested Firebringer, I think that would be helpful for you just to skim or read sections of because um, the deer in that book also have an extremely complex society where they have religion and leaders and I mean, I'm, I'm also wondering how humans are going to factor into this if we do it all and what this great big threat is. And um, yeah, I, I moving forward, what the conflict is going to be, if it's going to be Maria Pose actually becoming the queen or if she becomes queen and then what her job is after that. So, yes, I'm definitely I'm interested in, in what you're throwing down here, um, Pat. Thank you for sharing.
1: Oh, well, thanks for reading. And yeah, that's really good feedback. I, I definitely do need to work on the tone. Um, I kind of have my, so you, you mentioned like what um, kind of message you want to send to like young adults. I, in my last book, my message was like the world is run by incompetent bureaucrats. And then in this book, my message is that uh, even if like the monarchy is like ancient history and it's just like a relic of the past, like it can be activated on like the flick of a switch and, and brought back to life so that that's what I want to bring up in this book
0: yeah I think also like what's interesting um and what I think a lot of young adult literature reflects on is that the evils of our society really do lie within the adults and it's up to the children and young adults of our world to kind of save us from ourselves basically and um how did they do that you know whether it's like harry potter taking down fascist wizards or you know watership down finding a new safe place to live um like the hope lies within the young people um i'd, that come, I'd like that to frame to it
1: as a because i have a personal problem with that mentality and i think that that was like spoon fed to us since we were kids of like you're the generations that's going to solve global warming you're going to like fix the government you're going to whatever this and that So I think it's like the younger generation is condemned to solve the problems of their, that their parents have failed to solve. Like not necessarily the problems their parents have caused, like they're long generational ingrained problems. But anyways, so I've got some big ideas for this book, same as Corporal Johnson that are going to end up kind of in background themes.
0: I would be interested. Have you drawn any of your characters?
1: I actually have drawn the covers for all four books, even though I'm only going to write one now. So I have to pick for which cover I want to use.
0: I would be interested in seeing artwork. I am interested to know what the butterflies look like.
1: I'll, I'll put it on the Twitter. I'll I'll tweet them.
0: Tweet them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So. I have a I have a comment about what Jess said. Um. Jess, when when Jess pointed out that like there's it's a little heavy at one point for an introduction on the politics and stuff. I didn't really feel that way, but I'm not a young, young adult reader, you know? So I think that, I think that you should leave it right now. And when you're done the book, come back and do it. Just said, like, take out what you don't need. I don't think you should do anything now though. Just leave it because yeah, once you've written, you know, part two, three, four, et cetera, then you'll be like, oh, okay, like this, I can remove this. I can remove this. I need to actually add this. I can remove, And then that way the reader will get what they need, but we don't, 100 percent know what they need yet since the book's
0: not you know what lance that's so true and lance's big refrain especially last year when we were all working on our books was just move forward do not go back do not rewrite what's on the page is there until you finish and like like i said before like Pat is figuring out what the tone of his book is going to be. I am really figuring out what the tone of mine is going to be. And you're probably going to have very, very similar comments for mine because I'm trying to figure out how to do a hard pivot as well. I've set myself a challenge. Pat has set himself a challenge. And you know what, Lance? Honestly, you have set yourself a challenge because you have to top the one that you just wrote. So like we're all like challenged in different ways this season, which is fantastic and it's probably going to make for some like – very interesting episodes. Um, but yeah, like this writing stuff is not easy. I was actually having a moment today where I was like, why? You know, why do I do this? I could give up any day.
1: Have you started? Free, right?
0: <laughs> it's, like, it's like an addiction, you know?
1: Have you started your uh, your part?
0: Yeah, I, I'm like 5,000 words in, which what? isn't super a lot, no but shit. I'm not.
2: That's what me and Pat have both done for each of our first weeks, so. That is no,
0: you had way more lands. No, you I don't, are you more. sure? I don't yes. think did I actually? Yeah. Yeah, you oh. did. No, no, it's it's totally fine. I'm just like hit the point maybe a little bit earlier than I have in previous times I've written where I'm like why am I a writer? Why did God decide to make me a writer? But even if I quit today in two months i know i would pick up a pen and write again so i might as well just write you know and see what happens because otherwise anyway that That's was my little bad. internal rant i feel like
1: i had this bottled up and i was like holding off writing for no reason and i spewed it out in three days and i felt pretty good about it
0: i want to see pictures of these butterflies because i'm very i'll send
1: interested. them i oh yeah i'll have to dig them out
0: yeah and pat honestly you know what would be a fun little patreon thing is if we did like a watch party of like any, any movie we mentioned like we did a Watership Down watch party I don't know if Lance has seen Watership Down I have not it's depressing as hell oh, that is great. like I watched that that animated movie it's like the bunnies are like covered in blood like it's horrifying
1: how do you do A-pad? a watch party I don't think the new one has bunnies covered in blood they have the like they're on the farm and there's like yes the imminent threat of that but I don't yeah. think it happens
0: no someone gets shot like it's Whoa. terrible anyway yeah i think
1: i think uh like teenagers can ha- or whatever tweens ha- can have a like handle a lot more than like you give them credit for probably i shouldn't swear in this story yeah i yeah, feel like calling act.
0: someone like a dirty whore was a bit much
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know it's just <laughs> but a- you
0: can definitely kick them while they're down but, sure, yeah, yeah it, you want to just, like, you know, not that you I, want your book to be banned. Like, that's not what you're aiming for. But you're aiming for, like, it, and it's so hard to do. This is why, like, people don't write children's books and why children's authors don't write adult books. You know, it's, like, a very kind of specific tonal thing. Um, but I thought
1: about – I wanted to do something where, like, so they don't – the in real life, the butterfly – the last – generation of the migration like the one that the Addas generation or whatever um they live for a much longer like they live all the way through the entire downward thing that takes like four generations to get there and then they don't mate until the next spring so i wanted to be like oh she's not a whore she none of these women have ever bred or something like that but i i could well, that's actually
0: yeah. like very spiritual they're like virgin butterflies
1: yeah Who, there's a spiritual
0: aspect to that
1: there's something biblical about living for like an obscene amount of time. You know? That is
0: also true.
1: I, and I want to like, and that's another kind of, I want to have them all a little bit religious, even though they've split off from the church, you know, years ago. Um, So they all kind of have the like prayers and random things sprinkled in that shouldn't really be there, but that's, that's reality.
2: You told me that you, yeah, you have some Protestant Reformation stuff in there.
1: Yeah. the so The then, king is Protestant.
2: Yeah. So you can keep, so you're good there, I think.
1: I was happy with Winchwick. It's the Caladrenzians. I don't know about that. I might change that.
2: Oh, I thought it was good. I thought it was great.
1: I've literally just zoomed in on Google Maps and combined a few. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: does Does anyone
0: things. else... Um, <laughs> like, whenever it's a new fantasy book and they introduce, like, a new character, like, did you... Lance, like, did you say Quothay's name correctly? Like, the first time you read okay. it, like, that is like, I, tell me about that, please. So,
2: I right away, though, early in the book, I'm like, Kvoth. and then it's <laughs> or really early on, it's like, it says it spells it properly, it's a like, quoth, comma, pronounced quoth, q u o t h e. And I was like, oh, that was easy.
0: Oh, so it's not quothay, it's quoth,
2: it's at least it says quoth. Quoth pronounced "quoth," then Q U O T H E. But I don't know. Quoth I could be wrong. I think it's quoth. No, I think like you're correct with a t Yeah.
0: So, um, my husband's father, I gave the book to him to read, and he really enjoyed it. But like we were talking about it, and he's like, "Yeah, so quoth they," and I had to stop him. I'm like.
2: Like, that's how I
0: pronounce it and then in the back of my head which I really appreciated just to circle back to our actual writers group with Pat how I'm like I can pronounce all these names like I don't have to say them three times in my head and then look them up and then go on a YouTube video search to like find what the correct pronunciation is because like that's insane like just make the name easy
1: all my names like are it doesn't are pronounceable have to be in yeah
0: n- no your names are pronounced
1: in the back of Arsarni- Dalan. <laughs> con.
0: but maybe it is because you were on like a call once every few weeks like about the characters like i just hear it from the horse's mouth yeah so I'll i do have trouble th-
1: this is gonna quickly become a harry potter podcast but for hermione people always like hermione, compare, oh, hermione yeah. one or whatever yeah. i i don't think i ever said it out loud in my head i'm like that character whose name begins with h i don't think i tried it really because everyone's it... like what did you say i'm like i don't think i did i
0: that's a like a uh, that is a terrible thing like just just make the name easy to say you know but i do like hermione like that is a nice name like to say out loud but to read it's a nightmare hermione (laughs) hermione i actually was having that conversation with someone not long ago and they said the same thing they did not know what the how to pronounce the name
2: oh Way, way too late. Like, did I say her name out loud in front of my mom? And she was like, what? And then she told me how to pronounce it. And it was like, I must have been like on book two or something already. or I don't know.
0: The thing is, is that I think it's a Harry Potter, like adjacent, it's definitely not Harry Potter adjacent podcast, but like, that was such an influential book for everyone growing up. We grew up with those characters, like very, like, that will never happen again, like in the way it happened, you know, in the late 90s, like early 2000s.
1: And then do you remember the moment when Lance kind of lifted the veil on the whole Um, That was a watershed
0: moment. (laughs)
1: I'm still, I'm still like, I can remember the date.
2: I think Harry Potter was overrated in, uh, in his era. You know, it was such a inefficient era that his stats are inflated. Oh,
1: himself within the book.
0: <laughs> well, he's a pretty mediocre wizard
1: <laughs> within Quidditch.
0: Oh, within Quidditch.
1: <laughs> well, I just, yeah, yeah I want to just, I think the audience could benefit from understanding the Quidditch situation.
2: You, you oh you want to do this now okay
1: i do yeah well we oh. don't have to we could save it for another episode no, no, it's we, could okay. let we, it we have we have or we could go minutes. for it
2: okay so we have time well i don't know i'm i'm sure it, it's gonna be hard to explain but you know sports like usually make sense and a sports that doesn't make sense well there's a lot of sports that don't make sense and we only follow like four sports because they all more or less make sense although some may be debatable but like Quidditch doesn't make any sense because there's nine people on the field and only one of them actually matters. And that's the seeker. Because if the seeker catches it, it's 150 points, which is just a ludicrous amount of points. It would be like if three pointers were worth 100 points and the game ended after the first three pointer, no one would dunk. They would just shoot three pointers in basketball, right? Um, and then just no one figures it out. But for some reason, no one figures it out for ages. So, and I'm thinking, like, what? This is so dumb. And I know, I read that the author, Rowling she said that she wrote Quidditch to make fun of her ex-husband who liked soccer and she didn't understand why and with that in mind Quidditch does its purpose because it makes no sense but you know in world I think it actually kind of does make sense because like over the course of seven years in the books like from year one to when does Harry get the firebolt is that year four like the technology in brooms yeah I like say broom technology is like disgustingly better. No, it's book three, because Sirius Black sends it to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely yeah, yeah. book three. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so like in two years, the broom technology right. goes from like goes from like like I I can't like I'm I'm hitting baseballs like just over the first baseman's base baseman's head and then like two years later it's like I hit Homer's every time. Like it's just the technology jump is insane. So I'm like, okay, let's take that and let's go back like 50 years. The brooms are super slow, but the snitch is still the same speed. So it would take, and we have a quote where I I thought it was a lot where the, where Ron says, Oh, some Quidditch world cups have lasted days in the past because nobody caught the snitch. Like that's stupid. Why can no one catch a snitch? Well, obviously because the brooms are so much slower. We've seen how much better the brooms get in such a short amount of time, like 50 years ago, scoring 150 points would be a breeze. Because no one would ever catch the snitch and the other players are just as slow, but the snitches are still really fast. So I think that Quidditch made sense, but then the game changed with technology, right? And so you have the same thing in.
1: It'd be like bringing in. Yeah, well, I
2: have a better analogy. So we have, (laughs) I have in, it's like in basketball, when people started shooting threes, like 15 years ago, people were like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. If I shoot from really far away, it's 33% chance it goes in. So instead of making a three, I'm going to take like two steps forward and shoot a long two. Why? I don't know. I'll just do it. But um, so then people figured out you should just shoot threes instead of long twos. And now we score more than ever before. Like the offensive numbers are just terrifying. And but it took a really long time. And I think that it's like, oh, well, it kind of happened in our world too. And then baseball, don't get me started. Baseball is even worse. Which is like, oh, you know what we shouldn't do? We should, you know, we shouldn't do anything except for home runs. Like let's only try to hit home runs and that's all that matters. And um, so, so yeah, I think that what my
1: conclusion is. They need a faster. Well,
2: no, no, no. I'm good with that. My conclusion is that the smart general managers like if Daryl Morey was name drop, uh, smart GM in basketball was a GM in, in, in Quidditch, he would say, there's probably no reason you need to have chasers and whatever the other people do, but you could have like one chaser to just waste time with the quaffle and then have like one keeper to just try to block a couple of shots here and there and then have seven seekers. And just find the snitch first every time. And there's no point in doing any of the other stuff. Just don't let them score too fast. Because once they score, you get the ball back. So get the ball back, fly around until they catch you. It should take at least but one minute. And you can probably... And then as long as you can do that 15 times... As long as you catch the snitch before they before they score 15 times, you win. And you'll probably do that because you have seven seekers. Am I crazy? It just seems like it makes Well, I think it's
1: time for hot takes if you have any.
0: Oh, get them while they're hot. I mean, is it a hot take to say that Princess Maria Posa becomes queen? I don't
2: think that's, that's that a hot, a hot take. take. I think that's foreshadowed. I think that's like, that is, well, it is. It's, yeah, I think that's, I would say the same thing. Okay. I am mm-hmm.
0: I just don't know. I feel like I I have a hot take that there's going to be a big, big bad, but I don't know who that will be. So, can't say. My hot,
2: I have a hot take. Yeah. Most fantasy most stories, a lot of stories kind of fit uh, certain templates and they're often. It's like a Gandalf character or Dumbledore characters. Mm. We're talking about mm-hmm. Harry Potter. I think Tia is going to be the Dumbledore Gandalf, like the ment- wise mentor character. Of course, that means she probably has to die, but that's at the point. Um, hmm. So I kind of, so uh, I like that.
1: Um, well, maybe it's a little too early for hot takes <laughs> after the prologue. No, I don't kind know. Of tough I, don't to know. Make, I think
2: that I think that it's actually like it's kind of foreshadowed that there's going to be a redrawing of the map again. We saw that Ada beat down the king and now somehow won and gets to redraw the political map, kind of like, kind of like uh, like the Council of Vienna 1815. We're going to redraw the map, you know. Um, but. So I'm guessing that's gonna happen again. Seems like that's accurately. I seems like that's foreshadowed.
1: I was going for like New World. The oh the yeah, Pope splitting yeah. Portugal and Spain and South America. The
2: great the the just the line but, in the uh, middle of undiscovered territory.
1: It. Portugal get this side,
2: Spain gets this side. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Random line. Um. Okay. Well, I'll take it. Uh. That's all we have for today. If you want to find if you want to do the homework for next week's episode, you will be able to find some of our latest work posted on patreon.com slash WGBC Podcast. We are also WGBCP on Twitter. Thank you for listening. And remember to just keep writing. Sucks.
0: Yeah, listen, I've screamed that rant at so many people when I've been like three wines deep and like no one cares, but this is the everyone yeah it's the money ball quidditch rant it's the money
2: ball quidditch rant why don't you have seven seekers
0: (laughs) we've had we've had like a good but i think the batman rant was pretty good but this rant like it's going to be hard to top for the next episode for sure